Luke chapter 19, verse 11, the parable of the ten miners, or in the old language, the parable of the talents. Now, when I was at work and when I used to have a proper job, then I used to have to, to fill out a timesheet. I think there was one job that I had that I had to fill out a timesheet in um, 15 minute intervals. You know, that I had to account for every single hour, every single 15 minute block of the day. You know, I had to make sure to, to kind of um, give my employers the, um, you know, tell them what I was doing with my time to make sure that I was using my time well. And, you know, I had to account for every part of my day, really, uh, while I was in, in work time. And that uh, notion of being accountable, you know, using our time, making sure that we are using our time wisely. I think accountability is, I think, probably the word that I would choose for, for this um, parable. Now, that's the, if you like, the summary, the key word of, of what it's about. But just to, um, uh, to kind of put this into context, really, this is um, the beginning of the parable. It starts out um, while they were listening and he went on to tell them a parable because he was near Jerusalem and the people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear at once. So the reason that Jesus tells this parable in the first place is because people thought the kingdom of God was going to appear all at once. You know, people thought that they wouldn't have to wait that Jesus was just going to get to Jerusalem and, you know, boom, kingdom of God, or however it was. It was just going to be sudden. And so that's what Jesus is trying to correct in this parable. He is trying to say, no, actually, it's not going to be like that. It's going to be a bit different. So he tells this parable and he says, a man of noble birth went to a distant country to have himself appointed king. Uh, and then to return. Now, who do you think the, this man is meant to represent? And of course, you know, you've been to Sunday school or, or have you been around for a while? The answer, of course, to all of these questions is, is Jesus. That's, um, and I believe that that is the, uh, what Jesus is saying. He's referring to himself in this, uh, in this parable. And so uh, what this man does is he, um, he calls 10 of his servants and gives them 10 minors. Now what's a minor? A minor is about 100 days wages. So if you look in the, in my Bible, it says a minor is about three months wages. The commentary I looked at suggested it was about four months, but I think it's about 100 days, so three or four months wages. In our money today, if you know, given the average wage in the UK, that will be about seven to 10,000 um, pounds something like that. Um, so just to kind of help you um, think about how much money, it wasn't a huge amount of money. It was kind of, you know, substantial, but not, you know, life-changing, massive uh, amount of money, but, you know, enough to, to, to need to be responsible for. Um, now, one of the, the questions that, that comes up, which isn't really, um, Jesus kind of doesn't deal with that question here, but is, is this man being kind by by doing that? You know, is he doing something which is kind and generous? And I think given what he does later on in the parable, I would suggest, yes, he is. Um, but it's, it's interesting that you have that little bit here. His subjects hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, uh, we don't want this man to be our king. Why did they do that? 
you know we're just not told really of course um, this actually had precedent you know in, in recent times when Jesus was uh, when Jesus was speaking this I think about 70 years before Jesus then this happened with the Jewish people and a man called Archelaus who was um, they sent a deputation to the emperor in Rome to say we don't want this man to be our king so Jesus could well have been actually drawing on that story for for this here um, but it's just a bit like um, a bit like how we are with God really isn't it in the end of the day you know thinking that even though God uh, is generous and kind we don't want him to be our king by by nature and that's that's the case for uh, for many people well there is uh, a day of of reckoning for this king he does return he's made king and he does return home and he sends for the servants who he gave the money to and um, he uh, he he asked them um, what have you done with my with my money how much have you gained and the first one came and said sir your miner has earned ten more um, so you know you've got a pretty good increase on your on your investment there and uh, the man and the king he says well done my good servant because you've been trustworthy in a very small matter take charge of ten cities I think it's a very generous response isn't it to this to this uh, servant you know you've been um, you've been faithful in a, a trustworthy in a small matter so I'm going to give you more responsibilities and it's the same with the servant who had five who got uh, five more he says well you know you've uh, been faithful in a small matter take charge of five cities and I think this says something about the uh, the new creation and the future um, I think some people think that the future is only going to be about sitting on a cloud with a harp for eternity and you think oh just how utterly boring that vision of the future is if that's your your idea of the new creation but this I believe is saying that there will be responsibilities in the new creation there will be work to do there will be tasks to, to, to complete God will give us uh, more responsibility in a sense in the new creation what will be gone is not the responsibility but all of the, the negative things that come from work and all the negative things that come about life but it will still be life it will just be like like this life but without all of the negative stuff without death um, without suffering without tears all of those things will be gone there'll just be joy and responsibility will be a joy under God because it will be a wonderful thing in the new creation and so um, I think this does say something about what the new creation will be like and it will be good and you know there will be uh, we can look forward to having things to do and you know responsibilities and so on so this king he's generous to both the the first and second servants and I think that says something about the king's character you know he didn't have to put them in charge of ten cities you know he I think he, he wanted them to succeed didn't he that's why he gave them the money in the first place and he's a very generous king actually we see but the third man the third servant uh, comes up and says uh, here's your mind I've kept it laid away in a piece of cloth I was afraid of you because you're a hard man 
you take out what you did not put in and reap what you did not sow. So he makes it pretty clear, this servant, he makes it pretty clear what he thought of the king. You're a hard man. That's what he thinks of him. And um, this actually made me, made me think about the Garden of Eden. Was he right to say that this man is a, is a hard man? Well, that's, um, if we turn back to, to Genesis, Genesis chapter 3, uh, verses uh, 2 and 3. Here we go. Uh, the woman said to the snake, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, You must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it, or you will die. So Eve said, God had, had commanded them not even to touch the tree, but God never said such a thing. This is what he says in, in chapter 2, verse 17. He says, you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. So what starts to happen in the Garden of Eden is that Adam and Eve disbelieve that God is good. They start to, to, to distrust that God is, is good and God intends good for them, that God's rules are good and, and so on. You know, they, they decide that they know best for themselves and they basically are saying, no, God is not good and that God does not have our best interests at heart. That's what Adam and Eve were saying by, by doing that. And I think it's the same thing in this parable, you know, that this servant of the king who's given um, the, the ten miners, of, you know, he, he, he just doesn't have that belief that the king is good at all. You know, he hates him, in fact. And, um, and I think even as we see, you know, the king comes back and his master comes back and says, well, you knew I was a hard man, did you? He's saying, well, um, I'm not, but, you know, that's, that's what you thought. Well, why didn't you give your money um, to the bankers or put, put it on deposit? so that when I came back, I could have collected it with interest. And I think it really hit me when I was looking at the parable this time, that what the servant did was intentional. You know, he didn't want the master to get the money, to get the interest. He didn't want the master to get the extra money because he hated him. It, was a, it wasn't just a, a matter of incompetence. It was actually a matter of intentionally not doing something that, that, that the master wanted, you know, out of spite. That was what it was down to. It was, it was deliberate, it was calculating, it was spiteful. That's what this servant has done because he, he hated uh, the master. And so this servant, he, he faces his judgment. He says, uh, the, the master says, take this miner away and give it to the one who has 10. And he says, uh, I tell you to everyone who has more will be given. But as to the one who has nothing, even what they have will be taken away. And he asked, uh, says to bring those enemies and kill them in front of him. So there is a judgment. There's a judgment on the servant and on the enemies of, uh, on his enemies who didn't want him uh, to be king. And um, I think this does say, again, when we think about judgment in the Bible, we look at the book of Revelation, then a judgment is surely coming. And the judgment is coming on those who reject Jesus, who hate Jesus, who don't want him to be their king. And also, you know, just um, people who are given all of these gifts, people who are given the gift of life and, and everything, 
but who just reject uh, that God has any claim on them, just don't want to use them in any way for God, will be uh, will come under judgment as well. And that's really um, what I wanted to to finish with as we come to to a conclusion here. You know, what is a minor? What does the minor represent? And this is why I think the in the newer translation of the Bible, they've translated it minor rather than talent, because in the old translation it was it was a talent because the the Greek word is talent talent on. But I think that's a bit misleading because we look at the word talent and the ah, obviously that means our talents, but actually it means more than that. You know, it means that all of the things that we've been given by God. So talents are one thing that we've been given by God, our gifts, our skills, but also our money, our time, our relationships, um, our situation in life. You know, all of those, all of the things that we've been given by God. This is just what it says, um, for example, in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, Paul, he says, uh, for, uh, What do you have that you did not receive? And if you did receive it, why do you boast as though you did not? They're just saying, look, we've been given everything that we have from God. You know, we don't have anything that we didn't receive from God. And alongside the gift, there comes a corresponding responsibility. And that's the, the heart of the issue. You know, how are we using, how are we stewarding the gifts that God has given us? Now, we live in a time in between the, the coming of Christ at the first coming and the second coming, what the Bible calls the end times. And, you know, during this time, we have a particular responsibility. Now, it won't be like this in the new creation. But at the moment, we have that responsibility to use our gifts for, uh, for everything that, that God wants us to accomplish in the here and now. And there are, of course, um, God wants to, to bring the kingdom. You know, God wants uh, us to preach the gospel. God wants more people to come into the kingdom. God wants the church to be built and for us to, to build our own kind of um, godliness and, and holiness and uh, for him to work that uh, in us. And, um, you know, in the new creation, it won't be quite like that. You know, there'll still be things to do, but it will just be perfect. You know, we won't need to, um, to worry about sin. But in this time we do and we won't in them. We won't need to worry about preaching uh, the gospel as such to bring people into the kingdom because we'll all be in, uh, in the kingdom at that time. Now, I think one of the, the things that I, I don't want you to go and do is to worry about this and to think, oh, dear, you know, am I am I bearing fruit? I mean, I, I think a few years ago I read this and I thought, oh, dear, you know, I. I'm not very good with money or I'm not, you know, I don't know that I could be the servant who gets 10 more bags of, um, of gold or 10 more miners or whatever it is. Um, I don't, you know, I don't know that I can do that. Um, and I would say, don't, you know, this is not to cause us to worry. This is not to cause us to worry. You know, we're saved by grace and we are. It's not to do with performance, but rather I think this is to help us to think about that question, how are we? How are we doing? How are we stewarding our time? Are we using our time? Are we using all of the, the things that we've been given in the best way possible? Um, 
And so I'd like to suggest a few ways that we could be doing that this week. And above all, I think we can pray. And perhaps a good prayer this week would be to pray and ask God to say, how am I living for Jesus in every way? Are there ways, you know, Lord, in which you would like me to live in a different way? Are there things that I could be doing better or differently? Can I be stewarding the things that you've given me in a better way? And I'm sure God will help you to see that there may be things you can do, uh, practical things that you can do that will help you to steward the things that he's given you in, in the right ways. Um, time, that's a big one, isn't it? You know, we've all been given 24 hours a day. How are we using our time? Are we using our time well? Do we, you know, just waste? I mean, we've all been given, a, in a sense, more time at the moment because of the lockdown. Um, and uh, are we using that time well and wisely and responsibly? Now, are we using it to spend more time reading the Bible, more time in prayer, more time working for the Lord in, in different ways? Um, or do we squander that time? Uh, money. Um, you know, how are we doing money wise? Are we giving generously? Are we being generous or are we trying to hold back? Um, how are we using our money? Our gifts, you know, the, the skills, the things that God has given us. Do, do we use those to bless others? Are there things that we're not doing that we could be doing? So it's just a, a general thinking about life and a general thinking about our life in a kind of with a critical eye, but not, a, not in a worried way, but just in a you know, sincerely wanting to, to put this into practice. And above all, to remember that the judge is coming. You know, I started out with that analogy of me and my timesheet at work. And, you know, just think, what if we lived our lives knowing that Jesus was going to return? And knowing that Jesus was going to, you know, we would have to give an account to, to him of the things that, that, uh, that we'd done. Not in the sense of, um, you know, worrying about judgment, but rather actually thinking that, you know, we want to live now wisely, don't we? You know, we want to live wisely and we want to, uh, to serve God uh, and do the best that, that we can. And God will help us and God will, will change us. And, uh, and God, if we um, you know, come to him in our weakness, God will work in us in every way. So that's what um, I think this parable is about. It's about stewardship, using the things that we have wisely while we're waiting for the return of Jesus. Let's be thinking about that over the next few days, asking God to help us to live wisely while we wait for Jesus's return. And perhaps let's, um, shall we take a moment to pray about that as well as we need God's help very much to do that, don't we? So let's take a moment to, to pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this parable and we pray that you would help us to be like the wise servants who used their, uh, the things that you'd given them in the right way and bore fruit. And we pray that you would help us to steward the things that you've given us wisely so that we may bear fruit for you. We pray that you would help us not to worry uh, about these things, but rather to trust you and to, uh, and to make appropriate changes in our lives where you direct us. Please guide us, please help us, knowing our own weakness, knowing that we need your strength. And we pray that uh, you would be with us this week in Jesus' name. Amen.